When will hip hop be 30 years from now? I guess I should keep studying my peers for now. Should I make a dance and snap thumbs? Fast hi-hats, 808 back drums. Are we selling our souls for 32 pieces of gold? If it's lacking in soul, how can it remain whole? We make music for stripper poles, but no music to think. That's the short-term money that we put in the bank. But the drama's going backwards. I see devolution instead of evolution. This is soul prostitution. The children are fumbling. Even got the elders in carriage and mumbling. Watching them stumbling. Day after day is so humbling. Meanwhile, our stock has been plummeting. And they telling me I need to sound like these other niggas. Grown ass men trying to sound like the younger niggas used to have balance. Back in the days, we had talent. Trying to be original was the challenge. Now all these niggas sound the same, and all the beats pound the same. Same cadence, same drums, and all that shit sounded lame. 20 niggas trying to sound like Future, and I love rocking Future, but that style is for Future. Think you niggas need a different producer. Hope that bullshit crash your computer. Ain't nothing cool about being a loser. Brothers and sisters, you are tuned into another episode of the Gospel of Malcolm X podcast. I'm your host, Brother Eric. As always, it is a pleasure to be back and in the studio with you again. So I have taken a little break and I've been away for some time here. And uh, it is good to be back and in the studio. Um, sometimes when I don't have a message, um, I don't just make content just to make content. I try to make content. Um, either because I've been led to say something or I see something that needs to be spoken on. Uh, so I don't just manufacture content like a content, you know, robot. I try to have meaningful things to say when I come, um, before you and give you guys a, a podcast episode, I try to make sure that it's something meaningful, um, that will be gained from whatever material that I'm presenting. So I appreciate your patience with me. I know it's been a while uh, since you guys have heard a podcast episode. Um, something caught my attention and I don't really know where this is going. Uh, so, of course, I don't even know what I'm going to title this yet. But my preliminary title that I have in my mind for now is basically just J Electronica comes at WAC 100. And WAC 100 has been in, been buzzing on social media, at least for the past couple of weeks, uh, due to uh, an ongoing feud he's had with Hassan Campbell, with Hassan Campbell releasing uh, secretly recorded audio of WAC 100 talking about squeezing, or which is a code word for extorting uh, people in the industry. Um, basically, Hassan Campbell alleges that. WAC 100 is extorting Oscar De La Hoyer um, that uh, he's the one that had the sex tape, the second sex tape uh, with Kim Kardashian. It's a whole lot of gossipy mess stuff that I don't normally talk about on this show. So I'm going to make sure I bring this back full circle, but just bear with me. This is what has been buzzing around social media uh, for the past couple of weeks, at least the past month. Also, WAC 100 alleges that uh former crip leader uh big u i think his name is eugene henley was behind the death of nipsey hustle and all of this kind of ties back into subjects that we discuss here with the nation of islam 
um, and black people, how we are moving amongst ourselves. And I know a lot of us have this rhetoric that the white man is the devil. I'm not a, not one who is necessarily against that teaching. I'm not one that thinks that the government has the interests of black people in mind. However, it seems like in so many instances, uh, we are working against ourselves. And that's the reason why I decide to weigh in on uh, when we have people who call themselves leaders in the community with messed up character because it it condemns the message, you know, because it's okay to say that the white man is the devil out of one side of your mouth, but are you going to be the devil and just basically just point the finger at the white man and not address the devil within you? So recently, WAC 100 was on a clubhouse call with uh, Nation of Islam representative Ben X, and he kind of pressed Ben X somewhat over what the Nation of Islam did with the funds that they received from the Million Man March. Of course, the Nation of Islam, they have built in defenses to this question. And I'm going to play the audio um, here for you so that you can hear it for yourself. But basically, um, I'm not a WAC 100 fan at all. I'm not a fan of gang culture. Uh, in my opinion, at this advanced age, WAC 100 is too old to be promoting gangs and gang culture and, and et cetera. Not that there is appropriate an appropriate age for anyone to be promoting gang culture, but I would believe, let me see how old WAC 100 is. I would believe he's probably at least 50. Uh, let's see, WAC 100 age. He was born in 1978. Um, so says that he's 43 years old okay still way too old to be promoting gang culture when that same energy could be um used to promote positivity and according to hassan campbell and i think i'm going to play some audio from hassan campbell as well just to further this point that basically when hassan campbell was speaking to the youth because he was in a room with whack 100 and he was speaking life into the youth in terms of you know, just a positive message that basically WAC 100 discouraged his message of positivity. He also alleges that WAC 100, who is affiliated with a blood set out in L.A. I forget what set, but it is a blood set. He also alleges that WAC 100 said that he sells guns and ammunition to crip sets, rival crip sets, so that they could kill each other. And if you guys don't know much about L.A. gang culture, um, there are, well, at least historically, there have been rival crip sets that have killed each other, like the Hoovers and the Rolling Sixties are crip sets that have bad history. Uh, the most famous, uh, crip set rivalry would probably be between the Rolling Sixties and the eight tray gangsters, which are people that live in the same community, essentially, because if you're talking about the rolling 60s, that's based off of, you know, being in the 60s, uh, like the block numbers being in the 60s. And then eight tray is 83. So, I mean, like these people are like right up the street from each other. But there's a lot of 
hostility and there were murders taking place between uh, these factions for over 40 years. And um, thankfully, they were able to reconcile uh, for the first time in years after the death of Nipsey Hussle, which brought these rival gangs that used to actually be uh, brotherly towards each other back together. And there's a whole history on how the rivalry between the eight trade gangsters and the rolling 60s Crips uh, started. But these are both people that wear blue and wear. I mean, like how crazy can um can this can a situation like that get and uh if he really said that i didn't hear it come out of his mouth but uh, uh apparently uh hassan campbell has recorded a lot of the things that whack 100 has said and it doesn't seem like it's something that whack 100 wouldn't say so it's unfortunate that you, you would have uh someone uh, uh, at the age of 43, which we don't look at 43 as old in this day and age, but I'm just saying he's older than these kids. And to be talking about selling guns to rival black gangs so that they could kill each other off. And basically with the attitude of forget them in their lives, um, that's just unacceptable. And so we have to kind of speak about this, this stuff. So we're going to, I'm going to go ahead and queue up the audio now of him talking about, uh, talking with brother Ben X. I'm going to be interjecting because there are some points that I that I really need to make um, with some of the things that uh, some of Brother Ben X, some of Brother Ben X's responses. Of course, as I told you before, I don't agree. I'm not a fan of WAC 100 at all, but there's some things that Ben X um, says in his communication here that uh, definitely need to be commented upon by uh, Nation of Islam historians and black history historians. Do we follow our greenhouse? I thought I did. If not, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You thought you you know what you're doing, my brother. Yeah. All right. So you can already see, uh, right from the jump. Um, appreciate that. Wack one hundred is trying to establish some type of dominance over Ben X right from the jump, and I'm not praising this, but he's saying. Do you follow? I think he said, do you follow our greenhouse or do you follow our clubhouse? He's asking them basically, are you following us? Brother Ben X responds, I thought I did. And WAC 100 is like, you thought you did. Normally, you know what you're doing, bro. So he's already kind of establishing a pace of I'm the man here with Brother Ben X. He's, he's taking um, a psychological advantage right now over Ben X. And then you can also just listen to uh, Ben X's demeanor and how he's responding to these questions. It's not with the normal confidence um, that you would see from our brother Ben X. Appreciate it. Do we follow our greenhouse? I thought I did. If not, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You thought you, you, you know what you're doing, my brother. Yeah, well, it's done now. Oh, okay. What's up, though? What's going on? Same old different day. What you been up to? Man, just working in buildings, trying to striving to get like you on the business side. That's all. Is that right? What, what, you, what you got going on? Uh, well, I teach digital real estate, so I show people how to make money online and scale their businesses digitally. Um, oh, okay. We have a, a co-founder here at the farm, so we have over 16 acres of land that we're building our community with. Uh, just about 200, we're closed on 247 acres in Georgia. 
Uh, so we have our own tiny uh, home community. Well, it's just not a tiny home community, but a lot of the tiny homes that we got, we went ahead and acquired those as well. So uh, we got the farms, we're building basically our own community, having our own schools, uh, looking to have our own birthing center, uh, and uh, our own tech lab as well. And we have our own trucking company, black owned trucking company that we collaborated with as well. So, well, What's the time frame on the community being built, built on the land? Uh, it's just on the development side. So the, the, the land that we got in Sandersville, the guy that's working with us, he already is. Uh... Sandersville, so that you know, is the birth uh, place of um, Elijah Muhammad. Um, pretty much in, you know, the mayor and everything. So development on that is going to be actually just as, as fast as the developers can actually start to build. And we was first in northern Georgia where we had to get approved and all that type of stuff. So they literally created ordinances to stop what we was doing, like having all kind of crazy stuff that wasn't even for the city. At first, there was no zoning law, but they literally created the zoning laws just to stop what we're doing. Uh, right where we just bought, they already have homes built. So it's just now about developing it um, at this point. So we just closed on it. And then the landowners that we have, whenever they ready to you know, start building any land, we can. But the tiny homes, we bought those, and those are already there for people to live in, too. So the farmers that we have is going to be living on that land in the tiny homes because they're going to be the ones that's farming on the land. And then we got a couple of our staff members who's going to be staying on the land as well uh, in, the, in the homes that's already there. So this is, a, this is the Nation of Islam project. Well, it's not necessarily nation, but I'm I'm nation of Islam, so anything. I know you nation. Says it your project? Is it the nation? I'm trying to figure out. Is it just I'm, I'm collaborating with people that's in the nation, so I, I consider anything I'm doing with the believers a nation of Islam project, not of my own, because I'm going to eventually die. So, uh, the blueprint that we have and the structure that we have is all based on the teaching. So, I, I call it a nation thing. So. Um... When it comes to the village, you're only dealing with people that's of the nation, NOI, FOI. You're dealing with outside people as well. Oh, outside as well. Okay. All right, well, shit, that's promising. Because, you know, I've always scratched my head about that me and me in March. All right, so here's kind of where it starts to get interesting. Here's where, uh, you know, WAC 100 is basically starting to warm up to what WAC 100 does. I've never seen nothing come up. So I'd be like, yeah, I, I, yeah I question that. You know me, I don't, I'm going to call the spade a spade. Yeah, yeah I, I, I question it as well. Yeah, I, where that uh, money went. Where that money 19, went, bro. So I ain't, you know. Yeah, 1995, uh, I looked at the, the public Washington yeah. audit report, and the audit report actually says that um, there wasn't even a profit made it was actually in debt due to how much the expenses was and based on what was raised i also question the progress because many people bring up the progress of course i was only one years old at that time but a million men raised their hand and said that they were going to pledge to go back and do things not a million foi not a million mgt but nah, a million bro, money was to hold on don't do that that was orchestrated by the nation of islam the money was was administered by the nation of Islam. Don't do that, bro, because to date, and don't nobody say nothing, but I ain't no damn fool. You know what I mean? Uh, we, you know, it, it was it was supposed to be this, this, and that. I ain't, I didn't personally, maybe I wasn't looking hard enough, 
I thought I was going to see some schools and maybe some type of funding, uh, you know, for some, some child resources or, or just anything. I just, it just, me and man, March came, a bunch of people raised a bunch of money, and then we didn't hear nothing. Got it. Well, I was trying to explain, but you cut me off, so you can go ahead. I'll yeah, I know, because you, you want to go somewhere else, and you want to put it somewhere else, but this was, we did this because the Nation of Islam called upon us. Nobody told us. That, 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 and that. Now they're saying that after people was questioning where the funding, where the money went. Nah, he said that on that day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he did. He, he, had, he had everybody say the pledge on that particular day. It wasn't after. Yeah, so I, I wish you the best of luck. You know what I'm saying? You know, when it comes to me, business is business. I don't see nothing but the business and the stipulations of the business and, the, and the, you know, uh, or what it, what it got to be. I, I don't really. Um, Oh, I mean, I'm young. That, this is a conversation. Y'all don't include things that ain't got nothing to do with business. There. I can only give my perspective. Oh, and my okay. perspective is there was a million black men there, and, and there's not even a million, probably even 200,000 in the nation. So to change the condition of black people going to be more than just the nation of Islam or Christian church or Black Panther. Yeah, I know, but we talking about that movement. Take all of us. Dancing on all the black we just talking about that people, movement. Then that, we ain't going to no, isolate that situation. But you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully you do yours a little better, man, and you get great yeah, I'm results. To hopefully, we get some help, right? outside help and inside. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I was around uh, for that uh, Million Man March, and uh, just yeah. the, the movement, the movement in and of itself, um, inspired me to do better, do more. If not for anything else, for myself, I'll say was that. the march was the march lit? Everybody was out there in unity. It was a lot of lot of building going on, or what? What was the yeah, like? very motivation. And sons. Mm. Yeah, very motivation. Yeah, the, uh, very the, the root of it was for atonement. So, um, all right. So here's my problem with this: him saying that the root of it was for atonement. This is uh nineteen in nineteen ninety three, about twenty eight years after Malcolm X's assassination. You had basically Farrakhan blasting. Malcolm's name and saying, uh, if we dealt with them like you deal with a traitor, what the hell business is it of yours? And he didn't even, this is 28 years later, and he was still carrying uh, anger and hostility and hatred in his heart for uh, Malcolm X. Also, during this same time, Khalid Muhammad was also on the out with the nation, um, basically trying to everything he could to get a meeting with Farrakhan in order to get back within the nation. So the atonement thing is extremely hypocritical. Um, I think that's important to mention that during this time where Farrakhan was telling black people about atonement, he was both still disrespecting Malcolm X's legacy and Malcolm X's um, history and everything that he stood for. Also, at the same time, Farrakhan is having a conflict with Khalid Muhammad for Khalid teaching the teachings of the Nation of Islam, which is that the white man is the devil. But of course, at this time, it had become inconvenient for Khalid to teach that the white man is the devil because the Nation of Islam was trying to secure federal contracts. Um, so I only say that to point out 
um, some of the, the hypocrisy here, we're going to talk about atonement. He was never able to fully make up with Kylie. And even now, it was 28 years at that time. It's been like 57 years now. And he still has negative things to say about Malcolm X. In uh, atonement. So that's why it's called the Holy Day of Atonement. So every October, every October, they had the uh, Men Man March, Holy Day of Atonement, which was for black men to come together and atone for whatever we haven't been doing or what we have been doing wrong. Um, and then he gave everybody a pledge to say, which was to go back, do better for yourself mentally, spiritually, financially. Businesses, go back to do something for yourself, your family, and your community. And I've interviewed several uh, people who was inspired uh, by the Million Man March. Actually, the brother who brought me in and inspired me on this journey was inspired by the Million Man March, and that's how he particularly came in. So uh, that was the root of it, not to go out there and actually uh, you know, shoot nothing or do anything like that, but more so to come together and get some real atonement for ourselves and see what we can do to go back and change our own reality. So we're supposed to go back and set up local organizing committees, go back and formulate uh, black organizations and groups. So at that time, he said, everybody go join a black organization, no matter what it is, so that we can start to build together uh, in unity. Because specifically, he said, it's going to take more than one organization to get it done, which we see that now is going to take more than just a lot of people just to get, get something done for the masses of the people. Let me ask you a question. You think that we should, we should like put ourselves in a box and just deal with black organizations when we build things or you think we should just deal with organizations to build to strengthen and build our black businesses? That's a good question. I think that we should first focus on ownership. So at this point in today's time, I heard the minister say we should have allies. Uh, we can come to the table with anybody as long as we come to the table with some strength, as long as we come to the table where we ain't bending over. But if we got some power, we got some equity and ownership that we can stand on, then we should unite with whoever can give us the help uh, that we need, but not unite so that they can be majority of the owners and get majority benefit. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says self first, then others. So there's nothing wrong with doing for others. We want freedom, justice, and equality for all, no matter creed, class, or color. But we must do something for ourselves first so that we can have something to pass down. So if we just come together, but we ain't got nothing to pass down, then I would say no. But if we unite with organizations that can help us, help us, then I would say yeah, no matter what color they are. Yeah, you're off to the right track because <clears throat> I tried that all black thing. <clears throat> it set me back. I had to open up my mind to doing business with the people that can help me get the business done. But I'm with you on controlling and owning the majority as well. You know what I mean? You know, you come in your first business, you might it might be a fifty percent situation. Your next one might be an eighty twenty. By the time you get your third, fourth one, you might be in a position where you can finance yourself and own everything. You know what I mean? But even in that situation, being realistic about business. Sometimes somewhere in there, you're gonna have to go to the public if you want to get to that Fortune 500. So it's never gonna be a hundred percent of it anyway. We and me and you both know that. You have to come on something. You know what I mean? So that's a narrative a lot of people don't understand when they hear that. They're like, yeah, we want to own own the whole thing. I said, well, you're gonna be the only one sitting over there dealing with it because if you want to go, if you want to get to the stock market, you want to get to that next level of it, you know, you're going to have to come off some of that for the people to invest into it. So, but only the majority is, is, a, is definitely a, definitely an aim and goal, man. I've been watching you and following you, man. You definitely are to a great start. And I see your idealism of 
how to do businesses, you know, that of today. So, man, keep that up, man. Appreciate it. All right. So that was that clip to me is also kind of interesting that um, it appears that Wack wanted him to. Because he, he Wack took note that like, yeah, I tried that all black thing and it set me back. Um, it seems like sometimes listening to Wack and I'm going to play another clip from him before we close out. Sometimes listening to him, he goes out of his way to be anti pro black because he's like, yeah, I tried that all black thing and that set me back. And then also I'm going to play a clip from him where he's pretty much talking about how he eats pork. And it's just like, and at this particular time, nobody had asked him if he ate pork or anything. He just kind of went out of his way to say like, yo, I eat pork. And it was just kind of weird. Um, give me just a second to cue up this clip. Here we go. Oh, shit. Here we go again. I'm a rapper, bro. Like, dude playing, calling on the Muslims. Nigga, I'm from East Side, Bukwama Piru, nigga. I don't sell no bean pies, nigga, and I eat pork. They don't Niggers! Call no dogs on me. <laughs> Not happening, my nigga. Fuck, who's all over here? That's some real shit, my nigga. Oh, you call it on the Muslims, folks. He ain't even a Muslim. Why is he calling on the Muslim and he ain't Muslim? That nigga lying. That Whack, listen, I was in. Yo, Whack, I'm not gonna lie. Right. I didn't know you was the nigga who punched stitches. That shit, still, that shit got me fucked up right now because I was a fan of stitches, so you did that. That shit, uh, I mean, you know, he was coming that game. That is not happening on my watch. Period. That nigga disappeared. And they were talking about the reason why they wanted to have you meet with um with Faircom because according to I guess the collective of the rooms, a whole bunch of hip hop people. I was just listening in just so I could, you know, get a better idea. Listen, I I'm, know from you from I'm not religious. I'm, I'm from Paru. I'm not religious. I eat pork. Pa don't nothing about me say. My don't nothing about me say. Uh, sit down with the Muslims. I know. Nah, because the Muslims ain't showing up and helping us with these burials. They ain't showing up helping us when we dealing with this shit every day. That's out. Look, let the Muslims do the Muslim shit, and we gonna do our shit. Fuck we look. Yep. Hey, listen, I told Farrakhan's son, I said, look, bro. I said, look, bro. If I said, if we show up, we gonna tear the mosque up, huh? On Paul Road. Because I'm gonna show up with 50 cribs, 50 bloods, and we gonna tear it up. Straight, that's what it's gonna be. We don't give a fuck. Y'all don't move us. We got everything y'all got. Y'all in suits, we in khaki suits. <laughs> what we talking about? What, what that? But ain't gonna be no brother, brother. Yeah, this nigga that. gotta be held accountable for his mouth. He gotta be held accountable for his mouth. Period. So whose idea was it all that with him? With them? Was it? Was it me? No, that's that we. Oh. Weird ass nigga. I want the fame. Oh. Yeah. So there you have it. Um. Once again, you have you. He's definitely not a pro nation of Islam person as you can see 
So I just kind of wanted to, uh, oh, there's another element of this that I wanted to talk about as well. Um, so this also kind of got Jay Electronica in his feelings as well. So I, that's the part that I initially wanted to talk about is that um, Jay Electronica began to come at WAC 100 over this um, audio um, of him coming at Brother Ben X. So um, Jay Electronica took to his Twitter and then he reposted it on his Instagram. He said at WAC 100, if you got any questions, ask me with your coon ass. You out here pressing everybody but the open enemy. Don't be out here stutting on our little brother. Press me about the Nation of Islam. I got that fire that you're looking for. All right. And so it, it seems like uh, a lot of the Nation of Islam members are supporting J Electronica um, in this. They really didn't like the way that uh, WAC 100 came at Ben X. But really, he was just asking questions and he was asking uh, for the most part, fair questions. Um, but for whatever reason, they didn't like his line of questioning. And I do think that it needs to kind of go beyond just that uh, fake audit reporting. There were millions and millions of dollars that were collected from the Million Man March. And literally, you can't just say that that was just a loss and then nothing was done with that. I mean, because Farrakhan lives in mansions, million dollar mansions, has Rolls Royces. Even when Khaled was with him, if you uh, read the book of Khaled, even him and Khaled had like matching, matching uh, Rolls Royces. So there was a lot of money that has been generated since the time of the nation starting. And I refuse to believe that uh, they had the Million Man March and that was some type of financial loss for the Nation of Islam. You could not convince me of that. And I agree with WAC 100. Nobody is stupid. There were millions and millions of dollars that were collected and gained uh, from that event. And then there's been nothing to show for it. Um, even in um, in Baltimore, I hear even the the uh, mosque number six, they're not even able to use that mosque right now. Um, that like they're having issues with even keeping up the mosque to be a functional a functional mosque. So there's all there's all of this money. Um, the leader is getting money hand over fist. I'm sure his uh, top assistants are getting money hand over fist. And there's really no um, accountability. And even with, with what Brother Ben X is talking about, this project where he's buying land in Sandersville and building, he's doing all of this on pretty much his own from, I guess, his online activity, the classes he's teaching, etc. Um, this is not a Nation of Islam project yet, but there is a lot of money being generated from the Nation of Islam, and there's nothing to show for it. And they didn't have just one Million Man March. I believe they had two. There was another one um, that took place later. I believe it was either 20 years or 25 years. They had another one in which, once again, millions of dollars would have been collected. There's not a school, not a medical center, not a uh free bean pie drive. I mean like damn bean pies are a tasty. You don't ever see them giving out bean pie like damn we just having a free bean pie day. Come and get some free bean pies on us. It's like damn is there anything uh any giving that's being done because we purchase we buy the the bean pies and buy the newspapers and have supported 
the organization, even though those of us who are not Muslims have support are, are the reason are part of the reason are proper the nation of Islam. Of course, their primary income would probably come from their own members making those very generous donations, etc. But when the nation of Islam had businesses back in the day, we supported those businesses that they that they had. Um, however, when you look at an organization like the Black Panthers, they had a free ambulance service. They had uh, community protection. They are the ones that started the free lunch and free breakfast. It was free breakfast and lunch that the Black Panther Party uh, put into the community. They had free health care services, acupuncture services to get people off of drugs. These were all services that the Black Panther Party provided to the community free of charge. And all of the Black Panther uh, Party was selling that they had was really their newspaper that they were selling. So they were able to do all of that based off of just newspaper sales. Imagine Nation of Islam had fish sandwiches and those fish sandwiches are good. Brother can't even stun on that. They had the fish sandwiches. They had um, the steak uh, bean pies. Uh, they had markets. There was a lot of money being generated and a lot more money than the Black Panthers were generating. But for all of the money that the Nation of Islam was generating, there wasn't the amount of service that the Black Panther Party put into the black community. So shout out for the, uh, to the Black Panther Party, I would say for their um, and not the new Black Panther Party. I'm talking about uh the original black panther party not this new the white man is the devil we hate the white man uh the original black panther party was more about being of service to the black community they weren't about hatred of any anyone they were more about being of service to their community and when you get off and you get focused into hating people so much you can direct people in that energy of hate but what about when it's time to bring service to your community? And I think that that is the difference between a Malcolm X and the nation of Islam. And to me, it's no coincidence that of course, Malcolm was the one that brought the nation of Islam into popularity, but he was pretty much the godfather of the black Panther party as well. Even as Louis Farrakhan would admit that Fred Hampton and Huey Newton and all of those people were the children, the spiritual children of Malcolm X, even though he had died by the time the Panther Party started. He was like the silent leader of the movement and or the silent founder of the movement. Even if you read the 1968 uh, Pro document where they talk about stopping the rise of a black messiah, that uh, article was written or well, that piece was uh, spoken of in 1968. Malcolm had already been assassinated in early 1965, February 21st, 1965. And at that time in 1968, they were still referring to Malcolm as uh, such a black messiah and also saying that he was the biggest person in the movement at that at that time. And this was years after his assassination. So very powerful stuff. And. um. So that's pretty much all I wanted to share for today. I do have a lot of uh, the Hassan Campbell clips of him talking about Big U and the extortion and WAC 100 and the extortion. And there's a lot. 
um, that goes into it. But I think I'm going to save that information for a more appropriate episode. I'm just going to wait and see where this goes because I don't know where this is going to go. So I'm really covering this now as just a early form of documentation to go ahead and put it on your radar. It's kind of been on my radar now for a few weeks. I've been watching the tensions uh, grow uh, with WAC 100 and Big U and all of this talk about extortion and checking in. And we know that this kind of behavior, um, I don't know, I just see it as um, a pattern in our community. We know that back in the day with the Philadelphia Mosque number 12, that their number one form of income was extortion and extorting businesses and things like that. So I just kind of see um, a certain pattern here in our community. Um, WAC 100 may be holding dirt on the Nation of Islam and looking to extort them. Um, he may have some information on the Nation of Islam that will be big. The way he it's just so nonchalant with talking about Farrakhan and Farrakhan's son and whatever. Um, I don't know. And so far he hasn't really responded to uh J electronic. At least it hasn't come to my attention uh, that he has. Um, but he's the kind of person that normally if he is speaking greasy, he has some type of dirt. He it seems like he has dirt on everybody. And that is something that Hassan Campbell uh, pointed out in terms of um, WAC 100 potentially being, um, you know, them folk. So saying that basically WAC 100 is working with them folk, and that's why he's able to get all of the information and resources and all of the stuff that he would need to blackmail people, etc. So. I will definitely be keeping you posted, brothers and sisters, um, as always. And it is a pleasure to be back. Um, it's been a while uh, since I've been back. So hopefully I will get back into the groove again and I'll be bringing you more and more content. Um, I forgot, as I always do, to give a shout out to all of the brothers and sisters that continue to support the show. Um, even during my absence, um, the brothers and sisters that. Encourage your brother and, and keep him going. I really appreciate it. So shout out to all of you and um, peace and love until the next episode of the Gospel of Malcolm X podcast. Beat 30 years from now. I guess I should keep studying my peers for now. Should I make a dance and snap thumbs? Fast hi hats, 808 back drums. Are we selling our souls for 32 pieces of gold? If it's lacking the soul, how can it remain whole? We make music for stripper poles, but no music to think. That's the short term money that we put in the bank. But the drama's going backwards. I see devolution instead of evolution. This is soul prostitution. The children are fumbling. Even got the elders encouraging, mumbling. Watching them stumbling. Day after day is so humbling. Meanwhile, our stock has been plummeting. And they telling me I need to sound like these other niggas. 
grown ass men trying to sound like the younger niggas used to have balance back in the days we had talent trying to be original was the challenge now all these niggas sound the same and all the beats pound the same same cadence same drums all that shit sounded lame 20 niggas trying to sound like future and i love rocking future but that's not for future think you niggas need a different producer hope that bullshit crash your computer ain't nothing cool about being a loser